Welcome, and thanks for checking out the Living Word Family Church Sermon Podcast. Before we get to the message, we'd like to invite you to check out Living Word Family Church if you don't already have a church home. For more information, you can check out our website at livingwordfamily.org. No, let's go to Hebrews chapter 12. I want to talk about the blood of Jesus tonight. And I have got 20 minutes. I, I, could, I could preach from Genesis to Revelations. Genesis, Jesus, Revelation, that's it. <laughs> Revelations chapter 12, let's, look, let's start in verse 18. For you are not come to Mount Zion, uh, unto a mouth that might be touched, and that burned with fire, nor into blackness, nor dark, nor, temp- nor tempest, and the sound of a trumpet and the voice of words, which a voice that they heard entreated that, that that word should not be spoken to them anymore. For they could not endure. Everybody say, they could not endure. They could not endure that which was commanded. And if so much the beast touched the mountain, that it should be stoned or thrust through with a dart. And so terrible was the, was the sight that Moses said, I exceedingly fear and quake. Some people's experience with God is like going back to Mount Sinai. They could not endure. Some, some Christians, I know there's nobody in here like that because that's all in that church way over on the other side of the world that nobody knows about, but we could talk about it freely because they can't hear us talking. It's not gossip because everything I say is true. That's a joke. We're not, we don't hang around Mount Sinai. And Lord, as we read the next, next one, you're going to see how these scriptures correlate to what it says in Romans chapter 8. For we have not received a spirit of bondage, again, to fear. But we have received a spirit of adoption, whereby... We cry, Abba, Father. Anytime you and I approach the throne room, God's not up there going, drop down and give me 50, boy. I want you to prove to me you have faith. You don't have to prove to God you have faith. God knows we have faith or not. God knows your heart. Sometimes we have to prove to ourselves that we have faith. But you never have to prove to God that you have faith. We've not come unto a mountain that might be touched, unto a mountain that we cannot endure. We've not come to a God who is on sometimes and off other times. Pardon the expression, El Shaddai is not bipolar. I'm not trying to make fun of anybody in here who has that, those, those symptoms. I, I hook my faith up with yours that you are healed, but just keep taking your meds till the manifestation comes. Amen. Amen. But God is not schizophrenic. God is not dual personality. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Verse 22. 
But you are coming to Mount Zion, unto the city of the living God, excuse me, the heavenly Jerusalem, and to an innumerable company of angels. Everybody say innumerable. That means more than you count. The great thing about having an innumerable company of angels, you are your father's offsprings. Angels are the servants of God's house. Therefore, because you're in God's house, angels are your servants too. The Bible says he gives these innumerable company of angels charge over you to keep you in all your ways. We have untapped help and resources we barely even scratch the surface and take advantage of because we forget they're around they're just as real here's 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 the problem with having living in a physical world being being born of a of an invisible world visible world versus invisible world a lot of times we, 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 see, we read about heaven, we, pre, we hear things preached about heaven. But most of our experiences with heaven, we relegate to a nice thought. We have thoughts about angels. We think about them. But we really don't bring them into practice in, in our lives. You can understand what I'm saying. It's true because we live our whole life in the physical. It takes faith to reach beyond, beyond what we see, feel, hear, da 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 da, yada yada yada, to take hold of our supernatural, divine, to our eyes, invisible help that is there. To an innumerable company of angels, and to, and, to, and to the general assembly and church of the firstborn, which are written in heaven, to God the judge of all, and to the spirits of just men made perfect. The people in heaven have no more standing before God the Father than you or I have here on this earth. Ephesians chapter 3 declares... For this cause I bow my knees to the Father, uh, to the Father of the Lord Jesus Christ, of whom the whole family, whole family in heaven and earth is named. There's not two families. There's one family. And you're as much recognized in heaven as those who have gone before. Your voice is heard as much in heaven as a, as a people that have gone on before, except we've got a greater privilege because we're still, we're still on earth. We can affect heaven's will in the earth. Well, they can only pray for heaven's will in the earth. Come on. How many know your name is written in the Lamb's Book of Life? You know what the Lamb's Book of Life is? It's the census roll of, of the heavenly Jerusalem. How many, how many have got your names on, on the roll in St. Joe, Missouri? In St. Joe, Missouri. No, sorry. St. Joseph, Illinois. 
Why? Because your inhabitants here. The Lamb's Book of Life is a census roll for heaven. You're just as, your, your name is on that roll just as much as the ones who's gone before. And you recognize a full, viable citizen of heaven just like those who are living there now. Amen? Verse 23. And to Jesus, the mediator of the new covenant, and to the blood of sprinkling that speaketh. Everybody say, the blood speaks. The blood speaks. The blood speaks for me. The blood that speaks better things than that of Abel. Abel's blood, it was only concerned with one thing. God, 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 God. That's my name, don't wear it out. God, God, God. Cain killed me. My blood, I'm crying out to you for vengeance. Make this right. Equalize this transgression against me. How many know that all of us, in our sinful state, we were guilty of the body and blood of the Lord Jesus Christ? But the blood of Jesus speaks something different. The blood of Jesus speaks, you're righteous, you're holy, the price has been paid, paid in full, you're welcome here, no blame here, no shame here, come on in, everything in, in, this, in this city belongs to you. The blood of Jesus speaks 24-7 and fills the atmosphere of heaven with the testimony of the finished work of Christ. So when you go through those pearly gates, whether when you leave this body or when you come boldly before the throne of grace to obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need, the stage has already been set. Favor has already been applied. And the throne room kind of becomes a loading, a loading dock. Because the blood of Jesus cries out, whatever you need, whatever God has, whatever Jesus has provided for, it has been paid in full. You don't have to do anything because for you to try to do something to please God it's counterproductive. You don't have to do that. Because the blood of Jesus speaks better things than that of Abel. Let's go to Ephesians chapter 1. Everybody say, I am, I am. who the blood says I am. I am who the blood says I am. You know, there's another little interesting thing about being a new creature in Christ Jesus. Old things pass away. Behold, all things become new. When you got born again, the only identity you have now is your identity in Christ. There's nothing to go back to. 
It does not exist anymore. Like uh, who, Pastor uh, Jim Andrews said, uh, Apostle in Peru, he made the statement one time, and I, you know, in my unrenewed ignorance, I said, my God, that guy, that guy, he's, he's kind of brash, he's kind of bold, but he really thinks a lot of himself. You haven't heard what he said. He said, I have never been a sinner. Now, just to the natural mind, if you're still identifying with the old man, you're going, how can you say, I bet I can find 50 people around here who, who knew what kind of scoundrel you were before you were saved. How dare you think or say, I have never, you've never been a sinner. He's never been a sinner. That man died. The one who's alive now has never been a sinner. You might have memories, but that's not you. To go backwards in your Christian life means you go back to something you don't, that does not exist anymore. The only, identif- the only identity you, know, you and I have in, in our lives now is the identity we find in the Lord Jesus Christ. Come on. I am crucified through Christ. Nevertheless, I live. Yet not I, but Christ lives in me. Life which I now live in this flesh. Everybody say this flesh. Say this body is not mine. I'm a born again child of God. The body Jesus paid for is coming at the resurrection. I'm just using the loner. I'm waiting for the new improved, baby. <laughs> well, if we're born again, if we're born again and spirit-filled, why do we have problems in our flesh? You want to hear my explanation of it? When Adam fell, what did God do? He cursed the ground. And the ground brought forth not just good seed, the the, the ground brought forth thistles, weeds, stuff that needs to be tilled out and tended to. What's your body made of? What did I do wrong? Nothing. (laughs) You're living in cursed ground. And he's tended to by the great shepherd, the healer, the gardener. Come on. Too many people walk around because they've had to deal with sickness and they they keep kicking themselves and it's not their fault. You and I were born broken. That's why God's the big, God is the great fixer. Jesus, he'll shout out Elohim, hand to in service. <laughs> what are you doing? I'm under construction. Amen? Don't be condemned if you're attacked. Just know <laughs> you must be doing something right or the enemy wouldn't be paying you much mind. Woohoo! 
Okay, back to my sermon. I've got exactly 60 seconds times five to wrap this thing up. How many seconds is that? Six times five. What's six times? 30? 30 times 3,000 seconds to get this thing wrapped up. 1,001, 1,002, 1,000. The user count, man, I want some food. Let's get this thing on the, on the, on the go. Ephesians chapter 1. Ephesians chapter 1. You notice I'm not as intense anymore as I used to be? I'm not as intense when I minister. I found I found that it's, it's, it's a whole lot more God than it is me. Amen. Ephesians chapter 1. Let's look at verse 3. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. How can God bless us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ Jesus? Because it's done. It's done. Provision has been made, and the blood speaks that. Verse 4. According as he has chosen us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before him in love. Here's a trap that we sometimes get into, especially in our praise and worship songs. I used to be a praise and worship leader. And how many's ever heard the song, Oh Lord, thank you for your blood covering my sin. And we sing those songs with such gusto. The blood does not cover your sin. The blood obliterates it and takes it all away, and it ceases to exist. When the blood is applied to your sin, you have have nothing to make up for. You could stand before God your Father, and He could look through you with His eternal eyes for 10 years. You know what He would see? No blame. Come on. Come on. Nothing to see here. All he sees is his child. The blood of Jesus speaks. And it declares to you, over you and over me the completed truth of the resurrection, completed work of the Lord Jesus Christ. We are holy and without blame before him in love. Anything out of this? Holy. Righteous. How many of you are righteous? How many of you that Jesus, when you, when, when, you, when you got born again, God put righteousness in you? How many believe that? That's a trick question. 
How many believe that there is metal in this pulpit? Yeah. It's a trick question. This pulpit does not have metal in it. The whole nature of this pulpit is metal. We have, our whole nature is righteous. Not only is our whole nature righteous, but we are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. When God looks back at you, he sees an extension of himself. Now we see our failures because we're still tied to this physical loner. But God sees an extension of who he is. God sees what is righteous on the same level that he is righteous. Pooh! You have been made the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus with full rights and privileges to what heaven possesses. Let's go on. Having predestinated us unto the adoption of children by Jesus Christ to himself according to the good, good pleasure of his will. Here's another astounding statement. You are not God's charity case. God did not save you because he had to. God saved you because he wanted to. You didn't think of redemption. He did. It started over 6,000 years ago in heaven when Jesus was a lamb. Slain before the foundation of the world. That's what the blood speaks. Speaks over you 24-7. That's all, that's all God hears about. Maybe, maybe sometime I'll get invited back to preach the rest of the sermon. You'll just kind of give part. Then you got to come back and hear the rest of it. But to the praise, verse 6, to the praise of the glory of his grace, wherein he hath made us accepted in the beloved. In whom we have redemption through his blood, even the forgiveness of sins. I'm, I'm going to turn to one more scripture that, that I'm going to stop it right there. Let's go to, to uh, Luke chapter 22. Remember, he has blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. And the blood speaks it. The blood continually affirms it. You cannot enter into heaven without feeling a sense of welcome, a sense of favor, and the love of God permeates. The love that God has for you permeates the very atmosphere. Ha, ha, ha. You're not just forgiven, people, you've been recreated. That when God looks at you, he sees nothing more to forgive in Christ. 
I'm not talking about the grace stuff. What, what, if, what, if, what if I do sin? The Bible says if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. But Brother Miller, I feel like I'm going backwards all the time when I confess my sin. It's different. When you, when you get born again, you come to the cross. But when you receive forgiveness of sins, you go to the throne. Because the blood is no longer at the cross. The blood's at the throne. Because he took it up there. So anytime you need to confess sin, you're not taking a step backwards. You're taking a step forward. It's an act of promotion. Bringing out of what you're in. How many like to be promoted? Well, just keep going back and back and back and back and back and back and back until it sticks. Amen. The grace that br- the grace of bringing salvation, the grace of bringing salvation, hath appeared to all men, teaching us to deny ungodliness the world lives, worldly us that we should live soberly, righteously, and godly in this present world. That grace is not the grace to live any way you want to, and God thinks it's okay. That is a lie. That leads to sin searing your heart to the place you don't care whether you live right or not anymore. And some people, in the end, choose to go the way of sin instead of the way of righteousness, and the devil talks them out of their salvation going down that road. For a long period of time. The grace of God that brings that, that bring us salvation teaches us to deny ungodliness and world with us. What does it teach us to do? It teaches us to come before the throne to obtain mercy and find the grace to help. To have God impart strength and his supernatural ability into you. To walk away from those things. Confessing sin and getting cleansed is not a step backwards. It's a step forward. Because we go from glory to glory to glory to glory to glory. Because God in the blood is ever drawing you in to closer fellowship with him. Amen? Okay. Luke 22. Verse uh, 19 and 20. And he took bread and gave thanks and break it. And gave to them saying, this body, this is my body, which is given for you. This do in remembrance of me. Verse 20. Likewise, also the cup after supper saying, this cup is the New Testament in my blood. Everything you and I enjoy in the New Testament, it all has its basis upon the power of the blood of Jesus. The blood of Jesus is the living vital force behind the New Testament. Now, now, here's, now here's, here's, here's the key. I'm going I'm I'm to leave you with this. 
The blood is speaking in heaven. He is blessed with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Man, we get up to heaven. it's, It's free for all, baby. It's free night forever. Except there's no night. Jesus is the light of the city. There's no shadows up there. We might think that's kind of spooky down here, but not up there. You ever seen that picture on, on, in, on uh, Facebook where there's a, there's a candle with, with, with the light? The candles, the candles cast a shadow, but the light doesn't cast a shadow. Just a little thing to think about. There is no darkness in light. He's blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. In heaven, everything's done. The blood is speaking for us 24-7. The blood is, is, the, is the power of the New Testament. What is a testament? It's a written record of what's testified. Now, how do I get in my possession down here what the blood testifies for me up there. I'll quote it and I'll let you think about it. We overcome him by the blood of the lamb and by the word of our testimony. The blood's, you don't, we don't need to testify in heaven. The blood's doing all the testimony for us. What we do is we do the same thing God did. He brought things from the spirit into the natural by saying, God said, let, that, let be this, let be that. We take the testimony we have in Christ that the blood of Jesus has backed up. And as the blood is testifying in heaven, we do our testifying on the earth. Life and death are in the power of the tongue. They that learn to speak the same thing over their lives continually with the blood is speaking over them in heaven shall eat the fruit thereof. I think this is also kind of a, an explanation why Jesus said, thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Amen? Amen. I'm going to leave you with that. Pastor? Thanks for listening. We hope that this message encouraged and equipped you in your walk with Christ. Make sure to follow us on Facebook or Instagram to stay updated with what's going on at Living Word Family Church. Have a great day.